This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're shining a spotlight on community development financial institutions, including a state-based example that, according to proponents of the system, could help address racial wealth inequality and inequities in our financial system. But the state community development financial institution has had an underwhelming rollout to date. For more on these issues, we're joined on The Capitol Press Room by Jorge Luis Vasquez, chairman of the Lower East Side People's Federal Credit Union. Welcome to the show, Jorge. Thank you for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be on here with you, and hello to all the listeners in the Capitol Region. And also with us is Andy Morrison, Associate Director for the New Economy Project. Welcome back to the show, Andy. Thank you. It's great to be here. So for starters, uh, I guess like we're on the first day of our Econ 101 class, what is the premise behind a Community Development Financial Institution, or CDFI? So uh, CDFI stands for a Community Development Financial Institution, and these are just community-based credit unions, banks, and loan funds. But the key is that they have a specific social justice mission to provide responsible loans and other financial services in low-income, Black, Brown, and immigrant communities that the big banks routinely exclude and exploit. And we are fortunate that we have more than 80 of these vital institutions, which um, means New York has one of the strongest networks of CDFIs in the country, and they actually serve every county in the state. You know, we we have to remember that we're still dealing with the effects of COVID-19. And what we saw with PPP loans is that these communities were largely served by CDFIs and by institutions such as the Low East Side People's Federal Credit Union, and that it was not big banks that were helping these local small businesses, many of them women, Black and Brown-owned. Well, yeah, Jorge, you mentioned the PPP example, but can you talk about other ways in which the mission of CDFIs result in their day-to-day practices being different than traditional financial institutions? What are some practical examples of how that might play out? Sure. The CDFIs are more geared towards building wealth than extracting wealth. So it's not going to be all these fees, underwriting fees. It's not going to be these voluminous processes that require thousands of attorneys hours so that way someone can understand the terms so that way they could get these funds. These are funds that are pumped directly into the small businesses to be pumped into the communities where these small businesses are. And and that's the, the main focus is really understanding that it's local dollars that are multiplied within the community and not taking resources out of the community, which larger institutions often do. And for the existing network of CDFIs around New York, which, as Andy mentioned, serve every county in the state, where do they get their money for? Where does that initial investment and operating fund come from? For the credit unions, we're using member dollars. So if you're a member of a credit union, your money that you put into your account gets circulated within the community and it ensures that the community stays afloat. And that's the the biggest difference between credit union and let's say a larger institution. A larger institution is likely going to charge you absorbent fees. A larger institution is likely going to want to charge you for underwriting things 
meaning for doing their job and their interest is in how can they make the institution money whereas for a credit union such as the low east side people's federal credit union our number one concern and our number one mission is how can we service our community and the community of the members and how do we keep resources and get more resources into these communities so in 2007 the state established its own CDFI, what was the intent of this endeavor? Was there some sort of gap that it was looking to address, or was there some hope that a state-based CDFI could prime the local CDFIs? What was the thinking at that time in history? So, yeah, so 2007, the legislature passed and the governor signed legislation to create the New York State CDFI Fund, which was the first state-based fund of its kind, and it was modeled on the federal CDFI fund, which was signed into law by President Clinton in the 90s. Um, And the idea of the federal fund is to provide grant funding so that CDFIs like Jorge's can build their capacity, grow, and serve more people. And the federal fund's been very successful. But given the rich network of CDFIs we have in New York, the idea was to supplement the federal fund to further support and expand the capacity of New York's CDFIs. But, you know, in true Albany fashion, the governor and legislature never actually funded the CDFI fund for more than a decade. So um, our coalition, uh, the New York State Community Equity Agenda Coalition, uh, fought to breathe life into the fund. um, And we organized and advocated statewide to finally win funding, which we did uh, under former Governor Cuomo in 2019. So that's where we stand today. And the fund is an incredible opportunity to really invigorate and enable CDFIs across the state to support more economic development in their communities and reach more New Yorkers who live in communities that are redlined and otherwise exploited by big financial institutions. Well, yeah, let's talk about the current state of the state-based CDFI, because a letter was sent to the governor in September highlighting concerns about the funding and priorities of the state-based institution. What seems to be the problem, Andy? Well, the problem is that, as, as I said, in 2019, the state committed to funding the CDFI fund uh, with $5 million every year for five years. Now, flash forward four years later, and the state has only deployed $5 million of that $25 million commitment. But what's almost worse in a way is that the way in which they're making these funds available to CDFIs is onerous, it's prescriptive, overly prescriptive, um, and it's causing actually many CDFIs to decline to even apply for this fund. Uh, And what we are urging them to do, which is what really we've been urging them to do all along, even um, all the way back in 2007 when the fund was created, CDFIs urged the state to create a program that would mirror the federal fund. So they've gone astray. And our letter, which we sent to the governor, is calling on her and her administration to restore the CDFI fund, the state CDFI fund, to its original intent and purpose. 
so Jorge, from a practical perspective, as someone who is actually connected with a local CDFI, what sort of changes, like the ones Andy's talking about, would make a difference for institutions around the state in terms of accessing funding from the state, assuming the state actually made the full $25 million available? What happens is New York has a real step backwards, and frankly, it's a kind of a governing malpractice when you consider the pressing needs. CDFIs are extremely well equipped to meet the needs, for example, of affordable housing, reasonable lending, to serve more New Yorkers in ways that New York State CDFIs is being administrated, is furthering those goals. So when you think about those who are closest to the issue, are closest to the solution, think of a CDFI. We should be looking to support local communities and what the needs of those communities are, especially when we look at small businesses and small business owners. And what a CDFI can mean is making sure that, you know, when I walk through uh, Pearl Street in Albany and I walk through North Pearl Street and I see closed stores and I see closed businesses, uh, those closed businesses, if the CDFIs were frankly funded at the level that they were supposed to, those small businesses would have had a chance of being sustainable and being open. We all walk through different communities and we see small uh, businesses close down, close storefronts. And that's something that a CDFI would be able to help prevent. We're talking about a $25 million investment uh, over a five-year period that was pledged back in 2019. Andy, if you had your druthers, what sort of investment should be made in a state-based CDFI? Is there, say, capacity amongst the CDFIs around the state to handle $250 million, $2.5 billion? What what should we be thinking about in, in terms of maximizing the effectiveness of the CDFIs around the state? Well, first of all, the $25 million, in our view, as the as many of the groups that pushed for it, was that it would be initial seed funding. Because again, like I said, the fund had sat dormant for over a decade. So it was a matter of let's pump this fund up with some initial seed funding so that we can grow the fund, so that we can continue to support more CDFIs. So last year we called on the governor to um, and, and the legislature to include in the budget $100 million for the CDFI fund. And that's because as Jorge said, there's such a pressing need around the state. And also because um, the CDFI credit unions uh, can leverage that funds many times over. So you get tremendous bang for buck. In fact, they can they can uh, leverage every dollar they get in grant funding from the state 12 times over. Um, so it just makes a lot of sense for New York to be committing much more in the budget to this program. And that's something else we called on the Hochul administration to do in our letter. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so we have to leave it there. I want to thank our guests, Jorge Luis Vasquez, Jr., chairman of the Lower East Side People's Federal Credit Union. Thank you for joining us, Jorge. It's been a pleasure. And also with us has been Andy Morrison, associate director of the New Economy Project. Thank you as well, Andy. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. 
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.